Welcome to the Compliance 911 Show, a no-nonsense podcast discussing hot topics for today's busy compliance professional. It's everything you wanted to know about regulatory compliance, but we're afraid to ask. And now, here are your hosts, Dean Stockford of M&M Consulting and Len Suzio of Geodata Vision. Welcome to our podcast series, addressing everything you wanted to know about regulatory compliance, but we're afraid to ask. I'm Dean Stockford from M&M Consulting, joined today uh, by our host, who is Len Suzio from GeoDataVision. So what exciting topic, Len, do you have for our listeners today? Well, Dean, I'm going to give you three guesses, and they have to be all the same. <laughs> Let me think about that for a second. How about C-R-A, 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 C-R-A? <laughs> Boy, you must be clairvoyant, Dean, I'll tell you. <laughs> Since the new rule, the new CRA rule uh, was approved by the agencies during the last few days of October, only as you and I are broadcasting this or recording this in early December, so it's about six weeks ago, I've been spending every spare moment reading, rereading, and compiling my observations uh, about the new rule. And I also have published, as we are speaking today, during the first week of uh, December 2023, at least four articles uh, on the topic right now, and I'm in the middle of drafting a couple of more. It's big, it's controversial, and it's impactful in a very bad way for CRA. Uh, the new uh, for banks, I should say, the new CRA rule, uh, which includes includes the preamble, is 1,494 pages long, and that's a lot of regulatory gobbledygook to to muddle through. Uh, it's been quite a grind to say the least, but I'm increasingly confident that I'm getting it all packed into the space between my two ears. Uh, in our last recording, yeah, and it's a lot, believe me. I'm like, uh, Dean, you, my wife asked me uh, when I'm up late at night, what am I doing? And, and uh, I tell her, and she says, don't you have something more interesting to do? And I said, no, this is it. I've got to know this, like the back of my hand for our clients because they expect me to know it. And uh, and so it's, it's a challenge. Uh, so in in our last recording, which was only a few days after the rule was passed, I spoke about three major aspects of the new rule. I mentioned the new bank size categories, the new assessment areas, and the new tests and performance standards. But after six weeks of intensely studying the new rule, I can certainly speak to it in much more depth. And I begin by noting what an unmitigated disaster this is for the banking industry. Yeah, Len, I can't think of a more interesting place to start this discussion of the new rule than the statement you just made, unmitigated disaster for the banking industry, which is obviously a big concern. Um, exactly what do you mean by that? And and how do you know uh, that your judgment is is correct and accurate, I should say, in, in assessing that final rule? Well, ironically, and actually, Dean, my conclusions about the devastating impact on banks of the new rule was handed to me by the regulators themselves. What? 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 Whoa! 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 Do you mean that the regulators themselves have come to the con the same conclusions? <laughs> well, the regulators aren't going public uh, and announcing, in the words uh, I'm going to be describing today, uh, that the new CRA rule is extremely damaging to banks. Ironically, they announced the devastating impact in a much more clear and effective way, not with words, but with numbers. What exactly do you mean by that? Well, Dean, deep in the preamble to the rule, 
There are a series of tables developed by the regulators that estimate the impact of the new retail lending tests on CRA performance ratings had the new rule been in effect during previous years. Those tables show that the CRA exam failure rate would have been nearly 10 times the long-term CRA exam failure rate had the new rule been in effect in recent years. For many years, the long-term failure rate for CRA exams has averaged about 1.2%. But under the new rule, the regulators estimate that the failure rate would be somewhere between 10 to 12%, 10 times the historical average. Wow. That's what I call a dramatic impact. Uh, I I can't, I, this is hard to swallow. Uh, do you have any insight into what the new rule causes? That whopping increase in the CRA exam? So, you know, when you start peeling back that onion, you, can you point to any one specific area that says, this is why we believe you'll fail? <laughs> uh, well, yes. And again, it's the regular's own numbers and some speeches, by the way, too, that give away the secret. Once again, there are tables of the preamble to the rule that break out the performance ratings based on the three assessment areas as defined in the new reg- new rule. The audience should know that the regulation always revolved around the concept of, quote, an assessment area. In other words, that's the market or community that a bank declares it serves. The intent of the CRA was to measure the performance of bank lending in those defined communities. The regulators have always insisted that every assessment area had to, that are declared by a bank had to have at least one deposit-taking facility because the legislative intent of the Community Reinvestment Act was to make sure that banks loan back money into the communities from which they were deriving their deposits. The new rule keeps the, that, that uh, assessment area and what it calls a facility-based assessment area. But then it adds two new assessment areas, what they call the, quote, retail lending assessment areas and, uh, and the so-called uh, outside retail lending assessment area. These are the markets in which a bank engages in some lending but does not maintain deposit-taking facilities. Now, the advent of the new assessment areas can lead to a bank being evaluated in areas that are, believe it or not, deemed a thousand or more miles away from their nearest bank branch. The new rule applies the same tests and market benchmarks for the new assessment areas as for the traditional facility-based assessment areas. The problem with that approach is that the new rule does not include any adjustments to the tests and the benchmarks that would recognize the serious competitive disadvantages of a bank being evaluated in remote markets where it may have no facilities and and is competing with locally based lenders. And any doubts about the consequences of that approach are removed by yet another table in the preamble that breaks out the CRA performance ratings results by the type of assessment area. And specifically, I'm referring to table 36 in the preamble, which reveals that the failure rates in the retail lending assessment areas is estimated to be 22.4%. And in the outside retail lending area, an unbelievable 28.8%. Now, keep in mind that the long-term CRA exam failure rate has averaged about 1.2%. The difference is more than studying. It's almost unbelievable. You're talking now in those different areas, failure rates that are 10, maybe even 20 times what the historic average has been. Now, there may be some really sharp CRA officers who who have read the new rule and who will point out that the results I am citing are in the, quote, the retail lending test, which accounts for only about 40% of a bank's, what's called their composite performance rating. Maybe a bank can compensate for a less than satisfactory performance rating on the retail lending test by outstanding performance 
on the other Syria test, particularly what is now called the Community Development Financing Test. To that, I respond, you are technically correct, but the point is meaningless because both the old and the new rule require that a bank attain at least a low satisfactory rating on the lending test, or it will fail its entire Syria exam, no matter how good its performance is on those tests. So those officers and those people who have been studying this are knowledgeable. They're correct that the uh, these the retail lending test will account for only 40% of your performance rating, but within the rule, it's required to get at least a low satisfactory rating. And if you don't do that, you're, you're going to fail the entire exam. And those rates I was just referring to are on the retail lending test, those failure rates I'm talking about, which means anybody that fails the retail lending test will fail their entire CRA exam. So the estimated devastating impact of the new rule on the retail lending test goes far beyond affecting a bank's performance on that test alone. A less than low satisfactory rating on the retail lending test will doom a bank to an overall, quote, needs to improve or substantial noncompliance rating. And that is a big problem. Wow. Those are those are really significant changes. I haven't seen any article about the new rule that presents a critical view of the negative aspects of the rule as you are informing our audience today. So why do you think that is? Well, I think it's because the new rule is so gigantic. I mean, again, almost 1,500 pages full of regulatory gobbledygook. You've got to read these things very carefully. I've gone over and over and over again. And every time I go over it, you pick up a new angle. So I think the sheer size of the rule and the sheer size of the uh, uh, the magnitude of the changes uh, has basically required people to spend a lot of time digesting it. And believe me, as I said a few minutes ago, I've spent just about every waking moment that I can uh, reading and rereading the rule to make certain I'm familiar with it. So I think I think the sheer size and the complexity of the calculations, by the way, that's another thing which I'll just quickly mention that the retail lending test requires between 150 to 220 data manipulations in every single assessment area. So if you have 10 or 15 assessment areas, you're talking about thousands of calculations. And in the description of those uh, those calculations, uh, I found to be, in it's described in the new rule, over 40 pages. 40 pages of descriptions of data manipulations and calculations have got to be done. So, and it's, it's really, it's overwhelming to read. And it took me at least four or five readings and then going back and reading again. And I finally wrote down everything myself and developed a model to make certain I got it right. And it does that model I've got working at this point in time, so I can plug in the numbers and get the results, but it's daunting. So I think, I think that that's really the big overriding reason. It's just so overwhelming and so complex and confusing that people are reluctant to say too much about it until they get it down. And I'm going to be, I'm, I haven't seen a single critical article written yet, except for the, the four or five that I've written already. And when it comes to the most remote area, by the way, the outside retail lending area, the calculations themselves in that area alone could run into the thousands because you have to break it down into what are called component geographic areas. That's that's a topic for another day that I'll get into, uh, and I will just add one final comment. I don't think this was done by accident. I do think the higher failure rate has been the deliberate intention of the regulators, some of who made public comments that one of the main goals of the new rule was, quote, to raise the bar for CRA performance evaluations. So it should come as no surprise 
that the impact is negative, it's devastating, and it's intentional. Yeah, all I can say is I'm certain our listeners will be looking forward, I'll bet, to, with trepidation to more details on other groundbreaking breaking changes contained in this new CRA rule. But my gosh, it is complex. I know that, uh, you know, just hearing from some of our clients, there's quite a bit of anxiety relative to that those, those assessment areas and the retail lending tests. Um, and I, I think it's going to take a while to grapple with and get our arms around. Um, but what a great, uh, uh, what a great uh, uh, podcast today, Len. And uh, it's certainly uh, interesting for me, and I'm sure our listeners enjoyed it as well. So this is Dean Stockford from M&M Consulting. And this is Len Suzio with GeoDataVision saying, we hope you enjoyed today's broadcast and found it informative and hopefully not too intimidating. And we always ask you to send us your suggestions for future podcast uh, topics. Thanks for listening to the Compliance 911 Show. If you like the podcast, be sure to subscribe so you don't miss an episode. While you're at it, please give us a like and review to help others find the show. As always, links are in the show notes, and you can always find us online at compliance911show.com. Follow M&M Consulting and Geodata Vision on LinkedIn for all the latest news and information on compliance hot topics.